host, Michelle Prince, founder and CEO of Performance Publishing Group, making a difference one story at a time. We'll be shining the light on successful founders, entrepreneurs, business owners, and leaders that are getting results and making a difference. We'll talk about how they built their businesses, are creating movements, and leveraging the power of authority in their own lives. Be sure to stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest. Let's get started. Welcome to the Power of Authority Spotlight. This is your host, Michelle Prince, with a gooder than good guest today that I cannot wait to introduce you to. Kendall Lehman is my friend, but he's also a purpose-driven executive leader, speaker, and author. He's passionate about clearing roadblocks that keep organizations and individuals from the success they deserve. In his book, The Gooder Life, which we will be talking about, Kendall penned some of his most valuable insights gained over decades of work and life experiences. Allow his wisdom to be a compass guiding you on how to stand out in a crowd, get ahead in life, and finish strong. Welcome to the show, Kendall. Thank you. I appreciate it, Michelle. Thank you for having me on. Well, you and I met, it's been a couple of years ago now, and I remember our first conversation, and I remember you telling me about you know, some, some funny stories and things that you had said and, um, you know, your last name being layman and talking about layman's terms, but then the gooder life came up and I just absolutely love, not that it's just the title for a book, but just the whole concept, the whole mission behind it. So tell us what is the gooder life? So the gooder life, the, the whole concept came about when I was a young man, I have an uncle who is a very, very, um, he's always optimistic. He always sees the next day is better than the day before. And uh, he happened to be the uncle that anytime we got together, we had a large family on my mom's side of the family. It was at his house. And I walked in one day. I was a young man, probably in my 30s. And he said, Kendall, how are you doing? And I said, I'm, I'm doing OK. And he said, nope, there's only two kinds of days, good or gooder. You make your choice. And uh, that stuck with me for years. And I shared that story. Uh, with people. And that's kind of how the gooder life came along. It's grammatically incorrect. And everyone knows that when they hear it. But I think that's probably why it sticks with people is uh, it's just a word you hear and, and you, you, you keep it with you. It's gooder. It's gooder. I love it. Well, and you're right. We know it's not grammatically correct, but it's just it's kind of fun to say, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it because I the concept behind it. Um, tell us a little bit more about what you do in terms of helping people to to find that gooder life. Well, you know, it's interesting. I, I did not take the traditional route into a, into uh, the industry that I work in, which is IT. Um, I started out from a small town in Northwest Arkansas. I uh, worked during the day, went to school at night, bounced around from school to school, really didn't have a purpose in what I was doing, and uh, finally decided to go into the Air Force. And uh, the Air Force is a great place to give you discipline and to give you purpose. And that's what it did for me. And uh, from that point on, I, I got into the IT industry and I've been in that for over 35 years now. Uh, but the great thing about, I guess, any industry that I've learned, um, and I've ended up in the poultry industry working as an IT executive. We like to say, or I say, that, that the poultry industry is, is uh, about two things. It's about people and chickens. <laughs> chickens take about 10% of the time. People take about 90% of the time. And, uh, and that's true, though. I think that's probably true in India, any industry. There's the main purpose of the industry, but then there's the people. 
and the people are what drive any industry and and that's where we should spend most of our time and 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 if we do i think we'll be more successful as a business um, taking care of the people building relationships understanding the lives of the people that we work with and work for us um, i think it just makes it easier to uh to relate to them and to give them direction and for them to respect you enough to take that direction and be successful in what they do at the businesses that we work in. Mm, I love that. And now you are taking that message out in a much bigger way because you just published your first book, right? The Gooder Life. I did. Talk I did, about, yes. Tell us more about the book. Well, so I've always been a storyteller. And, um, and when I talked with you, that was in March of 2020, before the, the chaos hit the world. Um, you know, we talked about the gooder life, and then we said we should put it in the title in layman's terms. And uh, and I've always been that storyteller. I don't know why that is. Maybe it is because my name led me that direction, but I've always felt it easier to relay a message with a story. And if I can relay a story that's happened to me, um, then it makes it even more believable because I'm not speaking about something that I can't relate to. And so I've always done that. I've, I've related those stories. And throughout my years in my career, I've been able to experience a lot of stories. And um, I took those stories and, and put them in a book. You and I met in, in North Dallas, basically, in March of 2020. And I shared with you what was in my heart and what was on my mind. And then I said, do you think there's anything there? And you said, I think you've got a story, but you've got to go get it out of your head and get it onto paper. Um, I will tell you that was probably one of the hardest things I ever did. I left your office in March of 2020 and I thought I came home thinking that the book would be done before the end of the year and everything would be great. And I began to start writing things down and I looked down at my paper and there were maybe two paragraphs and I thought, that's it. That's all I've got. And uh, I couldn't get any more out. Um, it took two years to get it all out. And it was harder than anything I ever thought it would be. But it was also very gratifying because I knew it was in there. I just had to get it out. Oh, and uh, it, it finally came out. Um, you know, it's one of those things that I've told a lot of people when I give them the book or when they get the book and read it and they talk to me about it. I told them my biggest fear is that they would look at me and they would say, bless his heart. He tried real hard. <laughs> and, and I just hoped it wouldn't be that way. Um, thankfully, the feedback has been very, very good. It's been very positive. You know, it's it's my first try. And it's it's obviously like any other first try. It's not going to be your best, um, but it was the best I had at the time. And um, I, I thought I'll never be able to do another book. And already in my mind, there have been things come up where I'm thinking, you know, I may have to do this again. <laughs> um, I don't know when that time will come, but but it just seems that things keep coming. But most importantly, I'm able to take that message now that I've put in book form and and I've been able to speak to people about that message and be able to share that. And uh, that's that's the most gratifying part. Um, I'll tell you one small story. I have a lady who works for me who's in the UK. And um, this last Saturday morning, she's six hours ahead of us. I received a text at about five in the morning. And um, she said, well, I've had time to sit down and start your book. And you've already begun to make me start thinking about some things. And, you know, it's those comments right there that make your day. That that's that one story was worth the entire time that it took to write the book. And you told me that when when I spoke to you in March of 2020, that if it only reached one person, it was worth it. And so um, that's what I've shot for. And thankfully, so far, it's been very positive. 
my goodness. Well, and I know your heart. And so you wanting to help somebody, I guarantee it's well, way more than just one, but you have to start, <laughs> right? You have to get it out there just to help that one. And so you did that. And That's I remember right. a story you shared with me back in March, 2020. Wait, by the way, before I say that, what I was about to say, I have to give you a little bit of um, slack because yes, you did start in March, 2020, but a lot changed in the world right after that. So I don't it think did. you were the only one who was paused a little bit. Okay. You say, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so you get a little slack for that. Um, but I remember a story you told me and then you put it in the book and it's actually a big part of, of the book, the cover, everything is, uh, do you mind telling the story about the grocery cart? You know, I've, I've been able to speak to a lot of interns at the company I work at. I I spoke in Atlanta in in January of this year, and that seems to be the story that sticks. Um, a few years back, I, I just purchased a new pickup truck and, and I went to the store and, and, uh, when I came out of the store, I noticed that a cart had rolled across the parking lot and was sitting against the driver's side door of my new truck. And, uh, I knew what was coming when I walked down to it and I pulled the cart away and there was a dent. Mm. And um, for some reason, that that incident made me begin to think about shopping carts. And so when we would go to stores, my wife and I, um, I would notice carts stranded all around the parking lot. And I began to think, what what does a stranded cart tell us about our lives today? And kind of did a, a a small study on shopping carts and where they came about and how they were invented. And, and really what I came up with was this, the shopping cart was created for a purpose. And that purpose was to help us gather goods in a store and carry them to the counter to pay for them. And maybe the cart even goes a little further than that and helps us out to our car. At that point, the job of the shopping cart is done. Mm. It has done what it was designed to do, but our job is not done. Our job is then to take the cart and put it in the corral and be finished. And so I began to take that and relate it to one of the, the key principles that's in my book, and that is to finish the job that you start. And in today's world, we, we see where a lot of people say, you know, I've done all I need to do, so I'm going to be done. But unfortunately, if I leave that cart in the shopping lot, in the, in the parking lot, someone else will have to come along and finish the job that I did not complete. Mm. And so that's one of the stories I share with students when I talk to them, with people when I talk with them, is that we need to finish whatever it is we started. Something that came up since you and I talked in March, um, Kathy and I took a weekend trip to Branson, Missouri one week, and I'd forgot my phone charger. And so I went into Target to grab one. And and it just so happened that the, the aisle where all of the iPhone accessories were on was right next to a toy aisle. And a young man pulled into the aisle with his son i believe that was riding in the cart with him and then they noticed that a stuffed animal had fallen on the floor from the from the shelf and the child called the stuffed animal's name i don't remember what it was but i i could hear the conversation happening behind me but as they begin to move down the aisle the child asked the dad daddy aren't we going to put the put the stuffed animal back on the shelf and the dad made the comment no we didn't put it there and the lesson that was taught to that young child there unfortunately, is the lesson that we see in life every day. I didn't do it, so I don't need to finish it. Mm. And yet, if we would work our jobs and we would live our lives with the thought in mind that I see a job that needs to be done, Mm. I have the ability to do it, it's going to become my job and I'll finish it. Um, If we lived life that way, 
uh, things would go a whole lot better. I know at our work, if we would work each day with that thought in mind, uh, we'd be a lot more successful. And so that has kind of become my thing as the shopping cart. It's on the front of the, of the book because in the end, that's, that's the finishing point is to finish the job that you've started. Absolutely. I love it. And you said it's a sticking story or it, it's so true. I, that, that, I remembered that from the first time we met. And, yeah. and then the other thing I just have always loved, your last name is Layman. So yes. in layman's terms, I just, I, I absolutely love that. <laughs> I think that is just so perfect, so clever. And um, it's such a great book. So I really, really want to encourage everyone listening to get the book. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about where people can find you, uh, your website, and and yeah. and also a little bit more about what you are doing to beyond the book to to sh- spread this message? Well, yeah. So if if anyone wants to to find out how to contact me or to, or to get the book, they can go to thegooderlife.com or thegooderlifegroup.com. Either one, um, they can send me an email at kindle at thegooderlife.com. Um, all of those ways you you can find me that way. You know, I, I'm I said that I was in a poultry company and and the poultry industry is a very tight knit industry. There's there's a lot of poultry companies around the world, but there a lot of those companies were started by individual families and and a lot of them are still ran by families and are private companies. And so it's it's kind of a small industry and yet it supplies the protein for a lot of the world. Mm. Um, you know, th- because I'm involved in that, there's a lot of poultry science departments at universities around the United States and around the world. And so because I'm an executive in a company and I've been here long enough that people kind of know who we are, um, they love for us to come and speak to their poultry science students and tell kind of how we got started in the industry. I speak from the standpoint that I'm not a poultry person. I'm a support person. I'm an IT person in a poultry company. And and kind of, I speak from the standpoint of there are roles for everyone in any company. And so I've been able to do that. Um, I'm going to get to go speak at uh, Auburn University to their poultry science club. I'm going to go speak at Clemson University to their poultry science club. I spoke to a lot of kids from Texas A&M um, and the University of Arkansas. They all have big poultry science clubs. And so I've been able to speak to them. I spoke to about 500 students in Atlanta from students from Penn State all the way to Texas A&M to uh, Fresno State University to Georgia, uh, University of Georgia. Uh, So it's given me a good avenue to get started speaking to people. In in no way do I want that to be the end and that I only speak to poultry students, but it's a great way to get started. Um, I spoke to you a while back and and was telling you about these speaking engagements, and you mentioned Zig Ziglar that you had worked for, and you said, if Zig were on this conversation, he'd be telling you to do exactly what you're doing. Go speak to those kids. Go share your story with them. And in the meantime, I'm getting my name out there and people are beginning to know me even more. But they're not just knowing me as a poultry person. They're beginning to know me as the person who wrote this book and who has a story to tell. And, and I think it's a story that fits anybody in any industry. It's just what I've learned along the way. It's yeah. it's lessons that I've learned, and I think they're lessons that help you learn how to be better tomorrow than you were today, and and to be a better employee, to be a better leader. I think it's even better to be a better family member. Um, we're striving to move each day. Some days we don't want to move a whole lot, but we just try to move and that's not right. become stagnant. Sam, well, that's what I love about what you're doing is, that it, and it just to encourage everyone, we all have an opportunity in our own 
little world to impact people. And so authority, you know, the show's called The Power of Authority, Spotlight, authority is in your own in your own area, right? We all have authority. You have authority in your industry, in the poultry industry. You do there in Northwest Arkansas. And, and, and what is authority? Authority is influence. It's the ability for, for somebody to hear what you have to say. And you know what? If I would have showed up at one of those and speaking engagements, people may not have listened to me the way that they listen to you. And so I think we all, and I know you and I shared, we're in alignment with this. We all have this opportunity to make an impact in people's lives. And so you know, bloom where you're planted and that's exactly what you're doing. And, but, but getting this gooder life in layman's terms, um, message out there, because I think we, like you said, we can all be better and, and live a, a more meaningful life of purpose. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I shared with you and, and it's too long to share here, but, um, I think what I've learned is that everyone has an incident or, or multiple incidences in their lives that, that change the way they think that get their attention, that make them think differently than maybe they thought before, that make them realize that, you know what, I need to be serious about what I'm doing, things like that. And uh, that, that's what really happened in my life as a young man in my early 20s. Um, in, in the book, I call it life-changing events. I think we all have life-changing events, and they don't all have to be tragic. You know, they can be, a, it may be a tragedy that you went through, but maybe it's something great that you went through. But either way, it made you look at the world. You woke up the next day looking at the world differently than you had before. And that's what really changed me. And my son came home from school one day when he was in junior high and he was mad at the math teacher because she had made his life miserable. <laughs> he, had, he wasn't getting good grades. He wasn't doing this or that. And I, I began to ask him some questions. Okay, so have you set up tutoring? Have you done this? Have you done this? And I told him, I said, son, you are not reliant upon her or upon the circumstances in your life. You have a choice to make. You can either be a victim or you can be a victor. And it's your choice. Um, when I go to Auburn and when I go to Clemson to speak to the kids, I'm going to spend a lot of time talking about choices. Yeah. Um, and, and that's one of the big things. You know, I just read not long ago, Victor Frankel's Man's Search for Meaning. Yeah, so good. And what a story of a man who went through just tragic situations in concentration camps. But even through all of that, he says that one of the last human freedoms is the ability to choose what we're going to do, the ability to step above our circumstances and determine if we'll be happy today or not. And, you know, being happy today and making that choice to be happy is not ignoring all of the things that are going on in our, on a, in our lives. It's just making a choice to look beyond maybe some of those things that are going on in our lives and live, a, live in a different way and not allow those circumstances to drag us down. And so that's, that's kind of the, the whole thought of the gooder life. And, and after my uncle told me, you've either got good or gooder, you know, that all kind of changed. And when you read the book, you'll, I'll explain in there how that was a dilemma in my life when someone goes through a hard time in their life, how do you tell them you've got two choices to be good or gooder? Mm. When maybe today all they can do is just decide to get out of bed. And so what I learned was what he was telling me was not that you made a choice each day to choose good or gooder. It was a frame of mind. It was a filter that you looked at life through. It was a way to say, Am I trying to be better today than I was yesterday? And if I've gone through a tragedy, 
maybe being better today is simply deciding to brush my teeth when yesterday I couldn't do that. And so that's why I kind of came up with the compass idea for the good or life. There's 360 degrees of movement direction and you choose which way you want to go. I won't dictate that direction. All I'm asking you is to move and just not become stagnant. Andy Andrews in one of his books talks about a river and you can either choose to go downstream with the current or you can choose to swim upstream. But if you sit still, you won't sit still for long. Something is going to happen. The stream will move you in some direction. Mm. And that's kind of, it's interesting. He wrote that. I wrote what I wrote. We don't know each other. And yet the concepts are the same. Move some direction and determine that you're going to be better tomorrow than you were today. I love it. I love it. I love the book. I definitely encourage everyone to read it again at thegooderlife.com or thegooderlifegroup.com. What I want to end with one question because I know you, this isn't just about a book. This isn't about, you know, speaking. It isn't about all this is. It goes way beyond that. But what do you want your legacy to be? Hmm. You know, um, a, a story that's in, in the book, my, my boss and I, he, he's the man who hired me at the company I'm at. He, um, he came into my office one day and I said, why, why are you successful? And he said, you know, I, I grew up not wanting to lead a company. And he was the president of our company at the time. Um, what it came down to is that he grew up just wanting to surround himself with the best people and to work with those people and to build relationships with them and help them be better. And he said, he looked at me and he said, why are you successful? And it was interesting because I told him I didn't seek power. I didn't seek money. I haven't even sought after a, a title in life. I just, um, I just wanted to do what I enjoyed doing. And I wanted to build relationships with people that I worked with and share my life and give them what I've learned in, in my career to them. And um, so I, I guess my legacy is, you know, number one, I've always said that I have two jobs in life. Uh, Number one, I come to work each day, but that is simply to support the main job that I have, that is being a husband and a dad. And so if, if I can be looked at and leave the legacy that I was a good husband and a good dad to my children, and that I shared my life with the people that I worked with, um, I don't even say the people who worked for me because I look at them as just work, work counterparts and we're trying to serve a purpose for the company that we work in. If I shared my life with them and I built them up and I gave them purpose and direction and encouraged them to be better than they were yesterday, um, I'll be happy. Um, I, and, and, you know, uh, a thing I heard, if, if they go home at night and sit around the dinner table and talk kind about me, I'm happy. So I think that's probably what the legacy is, is just to, just to pour my life into other people's lives and, and leave that with them and hope that I've given them something to help them be better. Well, I have no doubt that's the legacy you will leave because I see you doing it now. So thank, thank you. you. And thank you for sharing that with us. And thank you for being on the show. I am uh, thank you you. such an encouragement and you are an inspiration to many and your good or life message is, is definitely going to change people's lives. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's, uh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. All right, everybody. That's it for the Power of Authority Spotlight. We'll see you next time. much for listening to the Power of Authority Spotlight. If you are a successful founder, entrepreneur, business owner, or leader that's getting results and making a difference, and you'd like to be on this program, 
please visit performancepublishinggroup.com forward slash podcast to apply. That's performancepublishinggroup.com forward slash podcast. Also, if you got something out of this interview, please share this episode. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag, the power of authority spotlight. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content, so make sure you don't miss any episodes by subscribing. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our websites, performancepublishinggroup.com or michelleprince.com. And follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.